Welcome back to another episode of Louisiana Ladies. My name is Melissa Torito. And I am Maggie Robinson. And this is a podcast with with no no agenda. We would love if you guys would subscribe to the podcast and that way you never miss a new episode. Additionally, when you subscribe, if you could rate and review, we would really appreciate that as well. We are also on social media, both Instagram and Facebook, so please give us a follow at Louisiana Ladies Podcast. And Maggie? You can reach us at our email address, louisianaladiespodcast at gmail.com. Hey. <laughs> For another episode of Louisiana Ladies, um, we do have our third Louisiana lad on the podcast sitting right next to me. Say hey, Chad. Hey, guys. So we will talk to Chad Shinnebear in just a minute. Um, and we really appreciate another Louisiana lad. They seem to be a, a fan favorite with our listeners, Chad, just to let you know. I'm honored to be in the class. <laughs> So, we are going to just open up. Do you have anything on your mind, Maggie? I Yeah, we probably don't want to go there, though. <laughs> okay, we will open up with our word of the episode. Word of the episode. Word up. Maggie, I feel like this was your word. Was it my word? It was somebody's word. It wasn't my word. It was your word, lady? Smorgasbord? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Word of the episode. Smorgasbord, which is a luncheon or supper buffet offering a variety of foods and dishes. I feel like I say smorgasbord for more than just food. For more than just food. Absolutely. Kind I of... think the keyword is variety. Oh. So we can use it about without. Yeah. Without food. Okay. I like that word. Do you ever use that word, Chad? Smorgasbord? Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really. Uh, if I do, it's a tongue twister. I, I <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, so here's our shout out this week. And I was thinking about this as I was walking the dogs this morning. Shout outs. But the shout out this week is to our one and only producer, Lainey. Woohoo! Um, I've mentioned her on the podcast. So she's she's sitting right here, but nobody knows it because she's so quiet. But uh, Lainey is a self-taught podcast producer, and I really feel like even though I'm the one doing the talking, I do not do that much work for this podcast. Lainey does it all. She edits everything. She has figured out how to, I don't know, get it on iTunes or wherever it is, all of the social media. And so, Lainey, we just want to let you know that we really appreciate you. Um, She also produces the TPA Tidbit podcast and almost falls asleep. (laughs) Oh, it's very educational. (laughs) (laughs) And then the second shout out is to Rachel um, in our office. So she is our HR coordinator, but really a jack of all trades. And honestly, Rachel makes sure that I look organized. So every once in a while, I'll like buzz Rachel or Teams message her and be like, I need help. And she's like, oh, your office needs to be clean, right? And I'm like, yes, get rid of all of this. Um, Oh, back to Lainey really quick. Lainey also has to work for me. Bless her heart. Because she sits right outside my office. I think I've said this before. And like yesterday, Lainey, how many times did I go, Lainey? Yesterday wasn't that many. Okay, it was like at least three. <laughs> oh. But you know, 
you give me things to do. Okay. Thank you, Lainey. I love that positive spin on it. But if it were if it were me, um, it would actually drive me insane that somebody kept saying my name over and over again and I had to stop in the middle of what I was doing. So Lainey, I am aware that you're working on something. I just have really, really great thoughts, I feel like, and I need to just tell them to you. So um moving on to proud of myself moment. So guys, last week was tough. I don't know why. Do you have tough weeks, Chad? Uh, it's it's a struggle. Okay. So last week, I just felt really on edge. I don't really remember it now because it's over. But I will say, there was one time I was talking on the phone in my car coming into the office. And what I really wanted to do was come into the office with a grand flare and like slam the door and stomp my feet. But that's not that's not good for the boss to do. Mm-hmm. I might leave. So if you would ever do that, I'd be like, I'm out. I y'all. Oh, well, y'all wouldn't know. I would just come in here and if you slam the door, I would know. Well, that door kind of slams all already. But I took a deep breath because we were at a partner retreat one time and the um, business coach or whoever was facilitating that retreat said, Your team knows exactly what your um not personality, what your mood is. Or your attitude is that day, and you don't even have to say anything. They know that it's you when you walk into the office. Is this true? Do you know that it's me? Yep. Even if I don't say anything. Absolutely. Is it because I walk heavy? I know your walk. You flip on your lights when you come into your office. Like, I know. Right. Okay. So they know that if you're having a bad day, and that's not really really what you want to exude on your team. So I did take a couple of deep breaths. I'm not saying that I did that every time I got annoyed last week, but I did it more. Remember, I said I was going to start doing that more. Progress. There we go. Word of the year. Huh? Word of the year. Yes. Yes. Breathing. Um, I really wanted to like yell at some one of our vendors for something that really irritated me. I'm not going to go into details because nobody really cares. I think Maggie knows what it is. But um, I didn't. Instead, I just redid what I've already done for them. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Maggie. What's your palm? Mine's also related to not losing my mind. I'm like. I come from a long line of backseat drivers. (laughs) My mom does it. My grandmother did it. My sister does it. And a lot of time it ends up with me and Aaron getting in a fight. Oh, yeah. But we were navigating New Orleans this weekend, and I just let him drive. I was navigator, and we didn't fight. And I was like, we did good. We're making progress. That's good. I told you one time, so, you know, whenever we go visit Dale and Andrea, Me and Patrick always get in a fight. I mean, it is like you get into Houston, and it's like we're just going to fight, right? So normally I'm texting Andre, and I'm like, Martini when I get there. But now I drive, and I let him navigate. Because if it's the other way around, all he does is yell at me for me being such a terrible navigator. Yes, he does, Chad. Patrick yells. He does. And sometimes he is not nice when it comes to that. That's I I'm typically just drive me and Aaron because... It's easier than fight me. us fighting about how he drives. If I, if I have to look at a map, like, even on my phone, I start, I break out in sweats. We already know. Like, I get lost in New Orleans, so, Chad, this is just a thing of mine. No, it's, it's, I, I live by Waze, so, I mean, I, if I left here and went to the gas station and it's two blocks away, I'm putting in Waze first because there's probably a better way than. That's true. Around. You live by Waze, too, huh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's okay. a habit. Okay, well, I think that's a good habit and probably a safe one. Uh, it's bailed me out of being late a couple times, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I put in an address. Well, so even it, I didn't know it knows the ferries across the Mississippi River. Oh, wow. I was in Plaquemine, and I needed to be in uh, St. Gabriel, and I had 40 minutes to get there, which is impossible to go all the way out to the interstate, then all the way to Ascension, and then back. And, no, no, I had 20 minutes to spare because it threw me across the Plaquemine Ferry. Knows and I think it was free to go that way. And and sometimes though, so sometimes I haven't trusted ways, you know, and I'm like, um, ways, I'm gonna go my way. You and then I've learned go. you've gotta let it go. Let you it have go. to trust ways. It knows what it's doing. Well, now you can tell Siri, I don't know. I usually have to go to the Ways app, but now Siri knows. Uh, ways me directions home and Siri doesn't know Coon asked too well. Like, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> we don't communicate very well. No, yeah. No. For me it's a struggle. <laughs> All right, and so lastly, before we start talking to Chad, um, we did the poll for book club, and we had one person say no, and it's Jessica, who's our guest from last week, and me and Jessica and Allison and Dana are doing a book club, so I wasn't sure what that was all about, BD, but... (laughs) Maybe she was just clicking the screen and accidentally hit no. Sometimes. Anyway, um, we got, and 90% said yes. So we are going to go ahead and do a Louisiana Ladies Book Club, and we're going to do it by month because I think that's just the easiest thing to do. So when this one comes out, we will be close to mid-April, so Rachel's going to have to get on it. Um, The book that we are reading is going to be The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. And hold on, we're going to look at Goodreads because Goodreads, I feel like I go by Goodreads a lot. So this one, um, 4.33, five is the highest, okay? 4.33 was the rating out of 186,000 ratings. Guys, this has to be a legit book. So, you know, I haven't read it. I don't even really know what it's about. Um, I think it came out in 2020. But Goodreads does not lie. Because uh, does everybody remember the guest that we had on, Michelle Bolda, who recommended The Goon Squad? Mm -hmm. It had less than four stars on Goodreads. And I told Michelle this weekend I didn't like it. like it. (laughs) Dang it. How far are you? I'm like chapter six. Oh, I've already finished the other book. Yeah, you read a lot more than me. I do. I read a lot. <laughs> so anyway, but I think that the the what was it the visit a visit from the Goon Squad or something like that. I think it was a deeper novel, and it I'm not smart enough to understand well written literature like that. So I'm having a hard time too. Yeah. So sorry, Michelle. We had a whole conversation about this. Michelle Bolda, not Michelle Chenevere. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So and we'll post that on social media. And I don't really know what we're going to do. Um, you know, somebody was like, are you going to have, are y'all going to get together and have like wine? And I guess we could. What do you think, Lainey? I think that sounds good. I feel like Lainey's like, just one more thing I have to plan for. <laughs> <laughs> just one more event that I'm going to have to post on social media for just Melissa. Just focus on the wine part. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it would be fun. Most important. I am about to be vaccinated. Um, okay. So moving on to our guests. Like I said, Chad Chenevere, who is not technically my cousin, but I call you my cousin. Right. Just keeps it simple. Right. So he is married to my first cousin, Michelle. So Chad, I don't remember life without Chad. You've been around that long. It's been a minute, for sure. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about some basic things, Chad. Okay. Okay. 
Are you from Baton Rouge? I feel like I should know this, but I don't. No, I, I'm actually from Covington. I grew up in Abita Springs, Covington, kind of in that. So I claim Abita Springs, but I went to all the Covington schools. So Okay. Yeah. Elementary through high school there. Elementary through high school. And then you came to, did you go to LSU? No, I didn't. I, I, I attended Southeastern. I was in the uh, Army National Guard okay. for a while. Mm-hmm. and uh, But I moved to Baton Rouge uh, because it was just as easy to commute to Southeastern as it was from Covington. And I had some friends that um, I shared an apartment with. Okay. Yeah. Here in Baton Rouge? Yeah. Okay. And Vince, Vince Cotrera, who's one of my roommates, Catholic guys, is kind of responsible for me even meeting Michelle, really. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about that. How did y'all meet? Well, so we we did a lot. I didn't know Baton Rouge too well. I was just moved up here, and, and uh, Vince, being a, a you know my roommate, invited us over to a, a Catholic high party. I don't know if y'all are all from Baton Rouge, but or no. well, Lainey's getting familiar. I know enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, you you are, yeah. and yeah. and so you're you're familiar with like uh, the you know parties, I guess. So I went over there and and uh, was was hanging out with some of these uh, some of my friends, and uh, I my eye caught uh, a, a certain lady in the at the party, and uh, yeah. So. <laughs> well, Michelle is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. She is. Yeah. Okay. So you were. Do you remember how old you were? I don't need exact, but mm. I mean, twenties. Um. Yeah, had to be. No, no, I was probably like 19, okay. 20 ish, yeah. Okay, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Look, it's a blur. All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're digging way back. Well, yeah. I guess I just, I think. But I'll never forget that moment. I, right. I okay, that's sweet. That's so I, I do actually kind of remember when Michelle first brought you into the family, mm-hmm. and me and Megan were like, oh, he's kind of cute. I remember saying that. And so, and I, I like really, for some reason, specifically remember y'all's wedding day, mm-hmm. which was June 10th of 2000. That's right. Right. And my wedding is June 10th of 2006. So we had the same anniversary. But I remember the wedding day because, first of all, I don't get like, I'm going to get nostalgic and kind of cheesy, but like, it was a beautiful wedding, and I could tell that y'all loved each other so much. I was so happy for Michelle, and um, and maybe I was just, I mean, y'all were happy, but maybe I was at that time that I was also trying to, like, find love, you know, and I was like, they love each other. Am I ever going to love anyone like this, you know? Um, okay, so, so, yeah, so Chad's been around for 20-something uh, 20 20 years. 20-plus years, yeah, so we're, on, we're going on 21 years uh, this year, this June. Yes, so, so that's why I just, he's just my cousin i mean there's no need to say like what do you call people that are married to your actual cousins is it like cousin in laws (laughs) (laughs) i don't know probably yeah so and so chad's a lot of fun he um you're you're a lot of fun chad i appreciate Uh, it i think i mentioned on the podcast whenever you and michelle had come over to our house and i I miss doing all those those fun events with all the big family the crawfish bowls and all that stuff that we used to do and it's all kind of you know? Yeah, so I've talked about my family before, and so Chad is on this uh, on my dad's side, which is the one of nine with a bunch of cousins, and you know we did a cruise one time with my, that whole side of the family and my mom's side of the family, who's one of five. We, I mean, it was probably fifty to sixty of us. Yeah, we took over the boat. Everybody knew they us. ran out of beer. They I'm ran, sure. yeah. I mean, our sail and sign tabs were. <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure Aunt Carolyn, um, I think hers was a lot for just one person. She didn't have her family with her. She was partying <laughs> without them. And we were like, oh, my God, that's a lot. So, anyway, you're welcome, Carnival. Yeah, she stock <laughs> jumped that, that year. <laughs> okay, so you just mentioned that you were in the National Guard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so can you tell, we, have, we haven't had a guest who's been in the National yeah. Guard. So, what, I guess... I'm going to sound ignorant. What exactly do you do? Like, what, what, what drove you to that decision? And then what do you do when you're in the National Guard? All right. So I joined when I was 17, okay. which is, uh, I was just finishing up my junior year in high school. Um, I think what drove me to the decision, I mean, my family's, my grandfather was in the military. So it was, I was aware of it and kind of understood it. I looked up to him a lot. Uh, and, my parents divorced when I was like 15-ish, somewhere in there. And uh, my dad worked a lot, uh, traveled a lot. So I was kind of home a lot by myself for the most part, kind of taking care of my, I hate to say that, but it, it was true. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I needed some help getting pointed in the right direction. Okay. I so I met a recruiter at school and I thought I could do it. It was going to pay for my college. So I joined. And uh, I turned 18 in the gas chamber the next year, which is a part of military basic training. Right. Is that when you, they're like, what are they doing there? In the uh, gas chamber? Yeah. Like, that, <laughs> yeah, sounds, that sounds intense. Oh, it's very intense. I mean, you, you, for, for a moment there, you think you're just going to die. I mean, it's... What's so, the point? Yeah. So, <laughs> well, in it's part of your training as a, as a, in military. I mean, you, one of the biggest... Things that you prepare for is is uh, nuclear, biological, or chemical warfare. Okay. And so the gas chamber will expose us to a, a gas, which is like CS gas, which is similar to tear gas. I think it is the same. So it's same same things are busting in uh, riots and stuff that they they always say bust, but like you know rip open a canister of tear gas and people are just like uh, you know disoriented. So anyway, they they literally take ten of us at a time. There's a whole class of us, and we go in. And you're wearing your gas mask when you go in. You can breathe fine. Uh, and then they, they just, the long story short of it, they are exposing it to you so that when you ever hear a gas alarm go off, that mask is strapped to your face because you don't ever want to experience what you did in the gas chamber. So it's really designed to put fear in you. Uh, so that you you're squared away, you know what I mean. So okay, do, do you think it also helps with panicking if you were in that situation again? Yeah, probably. You're a little more cool, and calm because you you've been exposed to it before, so you kind of know what you, you know what uh, knocking on a death's door feels like. So I guess you're maybe a little calmer about it, but it's 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 really uh, you're not in in really any danger, okay? But you don't know. You're just. It's just a miserable moment where you can't breathe, your eyes are watering, and um, it's it's just a kind of a brutal lesson. But the lesson of it is that when you hear a gas alarm go off, your gas mask is on your face, strapped up, sealed, perfectly because you're not you don't want you know what I mean? No yeah, hesitation. that's giving me okay. So, and I'm assuming when you go into the gas chamber, you know what's about to happen. Yeah. Well, so. Unfortunately for me, I was about in the middle of the pack. So they're they're sending in guys ten at a time. So you see them coming out the other end of the thing, and you see what they're oh like the the, the, the the torment that they're like going through. And you're like, okay, I guess I'm fixing to go in there. And um, so yeah, you kind of have it. And you hear you know stories from other people that's gone through. They all kind of oh man, 
just enjoy the gas chamber. It's a, it's a great moment. So, like, so that was my 18th birthday. But, uh, <laughs> you I hope you had a better 21st birthday. I think so. I don't remember. Okay. Remember. Well, I mean, I just would feel like, okay, I know I'm about to go in there and I can't breathe. And I'd probably, like, stop breathing before I even got into the damn chamber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Okay. Okay, so. Yeah, not to derail. That was, so I joined the military. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so, and they paid for college. Yeah, so they have a tuition exemption program, you know, until you... You, you fall below the grade point average, and that goes away, and you never get it back. So Okay. So, so in the military, mm-hmm. what, I guess just like for all of us people that are not familiar with this, what does that entail? Do you have to do something like once a month? Is that the yeah. one week in the year? That's right. So okay, the like Army, the commercials? Yeah, basically. So the, the Army National Guard, uh, I was a combat engineer, so I was trained to, to do construction. Okay. Um, and I was based out of uh, Covington. So really, I say based. That was just my armory or like my home unit. But I had a regular civilian life. But once a month, I'd have a two-week, two-day um, drill at there. And we're basically just making sure all of our equipment is ready to go. And then in the summer, usually in the summer, but I got sent out of summer one time, we would go on a three- to two-week AT. They call it annual training. So you go do some type of tactical exercise for the most part. Like maybe we're, I don't know, setting up perimeters and just training, you know, just living in the woods is kind of a training in itself. But um, most of my ATs were done overseas in the like Panama, Belize, Bahamas. I think I'm forgetting one. Let's see. Panama, Belize, Honduras, and the Bahamas Mm -hmm. were my four. And those were like humanitarian mission. So again, we were a construction group. I mean, they have all types of um, units in that make up the military from cooks to infantry, to artillery, to medics, to supply. I mean, there's just construction. So we all have different jobs, I guess, but ultimately we're all soldiers, you know. Gotcha. Okay. So you said one summer you got sent off? Well, we got to Panama. Uh, No, Panama was actually, I got sent in January, which was kind of an odd year. Uh, there were, I don't know, there was just a, a, a larger project going on where multiple National Guard units from across the country, so different states were sending guys, and they were picking up on a schedule where our time slot was in January. And it kind of, the reason it was, uh, it kind of drove me, because it wasn't really what I was expecting, because they was always told that in the summer you go to AT. Well, this one is in January. I'm a freshman in college, and I got sent over my exams. So I had to take like all of my exams like two weeks early, and uh, okay, I was going to ask you about the logistics for that. You know, yeah, if you if you got to pick, or if they just basically sent you a letter and they and you had to report for yeah. duty on a certain day. Yeah, you can throw a request out there, but it's pretty, you know, it, it's up to the commander or whatever, and, and you may not, you probably aren't going to get it. Oh, okay. Okay, so you Unless did that. it's your uncle or something. <laughs> there was some of that uh, nepotism in there that yeah. would help people out. Family connections. Not okay, me. so you did that for four years, it sounds like. Mm, eight. Eight? I, I had an eight-year contract. So I, I joined in 93, and I got out 10 days before September 11th, honestly. I was uh, honorably discharged 10 days before. So 2001, I was discharged out of the National Guard. I had done my time. My contract was up. So, And I was just... Tough time for me, too, because, I mean, when I first joined, my very first drill at Covington, my unit was coming back from Desert Storm 1, and then I get out 10 days before 
September 11th. So, like, I mean, I don't know if you could cherry pick a window of staying in peaceful times, but that eight years was, there wasn't any skirmishes or anything. It was just, you know. Wow. I know. It was kind of tough, man. Me and Michelle had a, you know, kind of, I wanted back in. You know, I, I wanted to, to help. Hell, they, they flew planes in our building. I'm, I want some blood for that. You know? Yeah, yeah. I said it cuss. But, <laughs> but there was some other words I'd like to say. But, you know, Michelle kept me grounded on that. It was, you know, I did my time and we had plans too. And so I, I, that was the decision. So I stayed out. Oh, my god, That's like real, Maggie. Mm-hmm. Chad. I've always loved you. I love you more. <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, I'm sure that you alluded to this at some particular point, but I don't remember if I ever knew. You know, it's weird because at the time I didn't know I was really discharged. I, I never kept track of what day my discharge day was. Uh-huh. I just knew that, you know, I was getting close and I was ready to get out. But when that happened, it was a game changer for me. Wow. You know. Okay. Okay. So um, would you recommend that for young kids? Like sure. you would not go back and change anything no not really i mean i think it really rerouted my whole life in in a good way mm-hmm. you know kind of helped me mature and yeah so i would definitely recommend it for people that need it you know i say need it i mean it's good for anybody my son so yeah you know would i would i let him go um I, i've always told him i would want him to go in as an officer if he wants to join the military you're going to college first and you're going to go through the officer program it's a lot different than us enlisted guys. Well, I'm going to say this, and um, but I feel like Wyatt might have had a different, your son Wyatt might have a different upbringing than what you had. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, he's he's 14 now and, and his parents are still together. Yeah. So that's, that's a big deal. But Well, and he plays, he's played sports. Yeah. Which to me, I feel like that, in, which congratulations, by the way, oh, made the Catholic high team. Right? He did, yeah. Okay, yeah. Catholic we high freshman team, yeah. On edge. Uh-huh. I was like, wait, hold on. We were texting, dad was texting me and Megan and maybe Kyle. And I was like, I mean, the kid is awesome. Like, yeah. I am not worried about this. And dad's like, well, it's really hard to make that team. And Megan yeah. said, you know, it's really competitive. I'm like, I get that, but he's really he's good. good. Yeah. So, but I guess my point with sports to me is especially for, you know, without being sexist, but I feel like for, for boys, it really instills a lot of discipline, mm-hmm. right? I mean, sure. they have to be somewhere at a certain time, yeah. you know, they have to, once they get older, they have to start. He probably eats a lot of house and home now that I'm thinking yeah, he's, about it. Yeah, he's getting big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's taller than me now. But I you got I mean, you just have to start taking care of yourself. So, um, okay, so that's, we'll come back to, because yeah. we have a, another child in the picture too, Shelby. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's admirable is the best way that I can put that, Chad, that you did that. And, um, you know, I think that that's very unselfish and, but I could feel for Michelle if Patrick was like, I'm going, I'm going in. I'd be like, yeah. uh, no, you're not, you know? So, um, anyway. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the Cajun Navy. Mm-hmm. So can you explain to everyone what that is? Yes. Yeah, so wait, hold on. I'm interrupt everybody. Yeah. We're all going to feel less about ourselves after we hear all this stuff that Chad <laughs> does for other people. No. That's my, that's my warning. Well. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It, so basically, the flood of 2016, right, was was where this Cajun Navy kind of kicked off. And uh, uh, one of my coworkers, Brian Bordelon, who I don't know if you know him or not, but he's uh, he's now the president of Triad Electric. Well, he's probably he's been the president of Triad. But anyway, I worked for Triad Electric, and Wyatt and his son and a few other dads played. Uh, they played baseball, so we we're the you know 
became really good friends with uh, the dads on the team. And so Brian uh, sent a text out to me and a couple other dads. Would y'all mind coming with me? I, I need to go move my sister out of her house, which is over near Ponderosa and by O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. that was a heavily flooded area. It was, mm-hmm. yeah. So it was like at four-ish on Saturday, and we went to Triad and got the Triad uh, flatboat. And Calvin Foreman, if I'm not mistaken, brought another flat bottom boat. These are aluminum boats. And so we weren't sure what we were going to have to get into. And so when we went, we it was flooded. I mean, so we basically put the boat in the water and and we tied the other boat to it. So we had uh, you know, enough to carry multiple families, I guess. And so anyway, we went and uh, put our boat in the water. And that was like at 4 p.m. on Saturday. I think we pulled out of the water like at 4 a.m. Sunday morning. I mean, so... All night long, we were picking up people and 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 pulling them out of attics, and you know it was it was nuts. It was a wild night, and all of the work we did was right over there on the O'Neill Lane Centurion place. Mm-hmm. Um, I went over there a couple of days later because Patrick's aunt is over there. Um, I'm not going to try to explain. Everybody knows I'm directionally challenged, but I just remember so. And I've said this before, and this is just this is just the reality. On my neck, in our neck of the woods, if I wouldn't have been watching the news or looking at what was on Facebook, I'm going to be honest, I don't know if I would have known what was going on. Right. It was it was almost like a thunderstorm. And then, you know, you see all this stuff and you're like, I'm like looking outside and I'm like, okay, I don't know if we just live on higher ground. I'm not exactly sure. So we went to O'Neill to help Patrick's um, aunt. Shout out to Lauren Fitch because she hopped in the car and came with me. And I remember just driving on O'Neill. There was cars Everywhere, just cars that had been stalled. They were every. I mean, it, it didn't even look like the same city. I couldn't imagine being involved, like being that into it that weekend. Yeah, it was it was a crazy night, man. I mean, the water kept moving and rising, and and so we we spent basically all night pulling people. And I sent you a couple pictures mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, we would go down O'Neill Lane, pick up people in the subdivisions, and then go back up, drive up the interstate on ramp by Team Toyota, mm-hmm. park our boat there, let people out on the interstate, then go back and. I love law enforcement, police, and EMS, but they really were overwhelmed, I think, with this. I mean, it was it just kind of nobody really expected that much of the city to get affected. And, you know, and hats off to them. They were helping a lot of the nursing homes mm-hmm. and, and people that were, you know. So we, we didn't know. And, and the other thing is three of the guys in the boat were all former military, mm-hmm. you know. So we, we were kind of, I'm not saying ready for that because you never are kind of ready for what you're dealing with, but you know, we're all cool and kind of work together as a team and, you know. Well, and I'm sure some of the training from back in the day came into play. I would be the worst person because I would probably be crying, okay, which yeah. would not be beneficial to anyone in that Yeah, situation. you know, and you, you got to help explain to people in this that you're, they want to bring everything out of their house. You know, there's so many. Yeah. Um, and there's only so much room and there's, um, you know, especially pets and things. We, we helped, you know, obviously we brought pets. Um, but you know, it, it was, uh, it was definitely, uh, we worked as a team and, and I think our experience really helped out. I don't know how many families we ended up pulling out of there, but they were just, you know, it was, it was a crazy night. So that was all before the Cajun Navy ever really became a thing, right. you know? And then like a couple of days later, we started hearing this organization getting together of, of Cajun Navy, but, um, 225 did a neat little article where they were kind of pairing the rescuers up with the, the people. And they and somehow found us and connected us back. And we went and saw 
uh, one of the guys we rescued. And it was, you know, it was really cool to, you know, to see. Unfortunately for him, his house was just devastated. Yeah. But, um, it was just neat to see that they're okay and, you know. So I think one of those things, and I would clearly have a horrible time with this, but and anybody would, is that those material things can be replaced. You know, I feel like in that situation, it's life, you know, and yeah. your safety first. Now, I would have a hard time with my pets. I would be that person bringing my pets oh, yeah. and trying to rescue my pets too. But, um, okay, so the Cajun, so are you part of Cajun Navy? Yeah, so when we realized what was going on and the, the, the magnitude of the flood across the state, we stayed with the, the rescue effort. And so the next day we were in the Ascension Parish area because a lot of the flooding moved, you know, the, the water kind of drained itself. And uh, when we went to Ascension, that was the first time we were ever actually exposed to an organization called the Cajun Navy. And they were, uh, the sheriff's department was really kind of wanting to put a sheriff in each boat. And, and, and look, I know they were trying to do the right thing, but um, it really slowed us down a uh, little bit yeah you know, it just kind of the, the they're getting i hate to say bureaucracy but whatever it is it, the 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 law enforcement was kind of slowing us down a little bit but hey it, it is what it is they they had a bigger they, they were trying to you know manage everything that's happening so they just didn't want a bunch of boats all in you know and, and to their you know you didn't need 30 boats in one subdivision you really needed one or two and then the other two, you know, and spread them out. And, and it, otherwise it was just unorganized. I mean, look, I can, you can hats off to Louisiana, man. We got so many boats and, and it, by the, by the Sunday and Monday, there was, there must've been a thousand boats in the water, you know, trying to help people. So. I, I will say that it's times like those that, I mean, I remember the next week at work. Right. And so we had several people here that um, actually a member of our team at Sentinel, um, she had nine feet, of water mm-hmm. in our house, you know, and I do feel like, and I'm sure this is across the country, but, and maybe it's because we deal with hurricanes so much, you mm-hmm. know, it's like that next week we even, I think the firm, we were like, look, y'all work if you want to work. If you need to go help somebody, go help somebody. If you weren't flooded, you know, I think we gave a certain amount of PTO mm-hmm. for people to go help because we were so distracted mm-hmm. by the cleanup efforts and how much some people had just in front of them, you know? And so I really do think it's times like those that we, us Southern Louisiana, we just, you know, we, we really do help people out, you know? And so absolutely still have good people, still have good people. Okay. So as Chad, you know, is rescuing people and (laughs) practicing in a gas chamber, you also, so he has an actual job, everyone. Okay. (laughs) He does have an actual job. So, um, currently you're at the Neutron Group, right? Yep. Okay. And explain your role. Yes. Yeah, so I'm in the business development position. Uh, prior to the COVID pandemic, I was, uh, in the construction group, Triad Electric. And around April, uh, they shifted me over to two divisions of Tri Communications and Tri Control Systems. So I do business development for those. Basically, it's just a glorified name for a sales position. Uh, but, well, we also have some secondary things where we're trying to connect with suppliers and other things. So what it does the Neutron Group do? Uh, Can you explain that enough? Yeah. So, well, they're, they're a very heavy industrial construction group, right? Okay. So we work in, in plants, refineries. Uh, we build the electrical power systems in plants for the most part. So we have tons of electricians, instrumentation. Um, and now the two divisions that I work for, uh, we're we're – 
subsequent, I guess, uh, sister divisions, I guess, to the one I just described with Trot Electric. But we, I, the Tri Control Systems Group is um, automation. So we have a lot of programmers that are uh, programming uh, the computer systems that are making the plant run. Okay. So the process of, of whatever they're making, our guys are, you know, telling Furnace A to turn on when Valve B opens or whatever, you know, all that stuff. Okay. Um, and then the communications is kind of a security group. They do cameras, access controls, and, and they're a little more diversified than the industrial world. Okay. Do you like your job? Oh, I love it. It's the greatest <laughs> job ever. <laughs> I've waited my whole life to work for a company like this. That's awesome. Okay. But you also have a side hustle mm-hmm. called the Glove Doctor. That's right. What is that? Yeah. So, well, when I was growing up, I guess old enough to, you know, get a, have a real job. I, I worked in sporting goods stores and um, people would come in with baseball gloves that were pop, like laces were broken on it. And so I, I would fix them and... Uh, so I don't know, about six or seven years ago, I decided to restart that. And so it's, my son plays baseball and my daughter's a softball player. So I'm, I'm always out there. Uh, so I just started a little Facebook page called The Glove Doctor. And, and it's kind of it's kind of blown up a little bit. So you're repairing gloves? Yeah, basically. Are you doing it yourself or did you? I do. Oh, yeah. You like it? I have, I have some guys that help me out. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's fun. It's kind of, you know meditating can you make the louisiana ladies facebook page blow up because we're working on Uh, that i can uh i can uh you know endorse something i'll give you all a good review um are you sewing the gloves are you patching them what do you do uh so well the the glove uh has laces that run through it to kind of string the the pocket oh i don't know why i'm thinking batting gloves obviously yes i I don't know why so for everybody listening we're talking we're talking about like uh, yeah, a mitt. actual glove, a mitt. Fielding baseball gloves, right, yes. softball gloves, yeah. Yeah. catcher's yeah, yeah. mitts. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, that awesome. did you play baseball? I did. Okay, so I, was, I didn't know if that was, because I, I know you've always been passionate about it and mm-hmm. why it's... I played my whole life. I played Uh-oh. it in high school. Okay. That was, that was the extent of my playing year. Chad, I'm going to be honest, I really had no idea you were quite this busy of a person. <laughs> I don't, yeah. It's, me and Michelle are like passing ships, man. We, Sometimes, we, yeah. We, I can imagine. Okay, so... One thing I do want to point out, just because Chad is <laughs> such an awesome guy. So, I can't remember if I talked about when I did the St. Thomas More Dance into the Eagle Beat on the yep. podcast. But, you know, apparently I feel like that's, I can just dance for fundraisers. And so, we called, this one we were able to do a group dance. And so, we called Chad and we were like, would you be a backup dancer? And so, he did, which basically meant he did have to lift me up at some particular extent. And yeah. I'm just going to be honest, like, Uncle Jerry was good, but Chad was better. Like, Uncle Jerry was, like, squeezing the crap out of my arm. And Chad was like, don't do that, you know. And I'm, like, hanging up there. I'm like, ow, you know. So, a really good sport. Definitely, um, like I said, even though he's truthfully married to my first cousin, he has been part of the family for a long time. So, um, okay, so let's talk about the kids really quick before okay. I forget. Okay, so Wyatt's 14. Yeah. Shelby's 10? She just made 11. Okay. Well, hey, I wasn't that far off. You're good. Okay. So, um, what do you have to say about them? Hmm. He's a really hmm. good dad. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, they're, they're awesome, man. I mean, Wyatt is doing great. He's at Catholic High, and I mean, he's loving it. He's just matured, and he's, he's doing great with his grades. And like I said, he, he made the baseball team, and he's really enjoying that. Um, I'm excited to see you know, who he becomes. Uh, I think he's got a great foundation. He went to St. Thomas More too. Mm-hmm. I know you were uh, alum there. Yep. Uh, 
So I, I really hats off to that school too. I think they really did prepare him for for Catholic, which I've heard is you know a tough school, but he's he's really embraced it and doing great. Um, yeah, I'm excited who he's going to become. I mean, he's got a lot of great qualities about him. Um, and then Shelby is uh, she's amazing too. I mean, she's a real good athlete. Uh, she does play softball, and and that's kind of uh, I think Michelle kind of was on the fence about all that because you know Michelle was a dancer. dancer. And, and Shelby's a dancer, but um, in fact, I don't know if you saw the picture I put on Facebook of Shelby when she was like, I don't know, maybe three or four years old. She's hitting a ball off a batting tee, but she's wearing a rainbow tutu. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just funny that because that, that's who she still is, you know, that the dancer softball player. Do so. you think that she likes softball better than she likes dance? Well, I think she likes the team competitiveness of softball where you kind of win and or lose and, and there's like, you know, little successes along the way. I think in dance, I, I don't know if she's getting that competitiveness yeah. per se, but she's great at both, you know, so I think she, she does like it. So I, I don't know. I can't say that she likes one more than the other. Right now she's playing softball. So if you asked her, she's going to say she loves softball, softball yeah. you know, but if that wasn't here and she was just dancing, she'd love dancing. Yeah. And Michelle isn't, wasn't just a dancer. Like she was a tiger girl, which mm-hmm. was the, the, was that the competitive dance team for LSU? I know they, they dance. Yes, Lainey. Yeah. It's okay. more like the hip hop. Yeah. Think, no, it's like. They're like dancing. associated with the basketball team. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she was captain at one point. And she, you know, I tried out for the Bishop Sullivan dance team two years in a row and I never made it. And poor Michelle was the one who came up with my routine and tried to, like, give me a good in. I'm like, it's okay, Michelle. You're a much better dancer than I am. <laughs> um, okay, so all that being said, Chad, do you have any general advice for others? Others just be <laughs> advice, huh? Uh, we like to ask that question and see what our guests say. Hmm. I think everybody just needs to be cool, man, and chill out. You know, I think I think it, you know on the roads people get all bent out of shape over little things. Just be kind, and you know it goes a long way. It makes the world a better place. I really do feel like you have a very good disposition. I don't know if I've ever seen you get like when I picture you. I don't. I don't ever think I can picture you mad. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Keep it that. happens. I said that about <laughs> Hang Casey. On to that. Okay, I said that about Casey, our other Louisiana lad. I mean, I clearly I can picture Patrick getting mad and married to him, but um. We always have a really good time with Chad and Michelle. And, you know, I think I said one time how blessed I am to have such a big family. Um, and so, you know, they um, I hadn't seen y'all at dinner. I think was the first time I'd seen you guys in over a year. I know. Oh, that sucks. I know. I know. The, the whole COVID crazy world. Man, COVID-ness. You know? but, COVID. But, yeah, we would played a little Boo-Ray <laughs> and... Uh, Boo-Ray and had a little 80s uh, trivia. We played the Pandora game. Oh, that's And then fun. somehow... Somebody took a picture of me and Patrick, <laughs> and I woke up the next day, and I was like, who took this picture of me and Patrick? I think he was, like, rolling around on the ground. I don't know. It was midnight, people. That was <laughs> that. was that. That was that. I was drinking a lot of water the next day in liquid IV. So, Maggie, do you have any questions for Chad? Oh, man. That was a lot. But um, what would you say in your story, um, like a point in your life that, was it the military that changed the trajectory of your life? Or what was a pivotal moment in your story? Hmm. It's a tough question. Yeah. I know. I don't know. I, I guess, you know, and I'm uh, getting all philosophical, but we're all headed in a certain direction, right? At some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, I, I felt in high school, I was kind of 
on another tangent that I needed to get back. And, and, and so I think the military definitely rerouted my trajectory to a, to a different place. Um, you know, meeting Michelle and joining the, the family was, uh, was another uh, probably a part that kind of redirected my trajectory. My kids have obviously, you know, adjusted it as well. I mean, I've always worked hard. Uh, you know, I love working in, in sales. And so this triad job, I think, has really kind of also got me even closer to a better spot. Um, so I, I don't know. It's a bunch of diff- little things, uh, I, I think. You know, it's, I can't little point pieces. one. Right. It was just the, a, a contrivance of all of them. That was kind of deep, Maggie. Yeah. Well, that's a good. Somebody asked me that question, I'd be like, "Hmm, I don't know if I know the answer to that." But all this, all the steps and all the pieces, important. And I feel like that's a common theme, and with all of our guests, is like, even though you don't realize that that piece of your life is that important, when you look at it in the grand scheme, it's like that was, that was significant. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, my, I mean, my my dad, and you know, made a big impact on my life. I, you know, I think I mentioned to you that I started work, uh, my first paycheck was right. when I was nine. Yeah, you know, because they were forestry guys, and so I walked with them marking timber, and so I got my first paycheck when I was nine years old. And I really think that was another one of these moments that you know I was like, okay, so work, you you get a reward, and you know, and it kind of stuck with me. You know, yeah, so, I don't know. Wow. So, um, really quick before I forget, so Glove Doctor, so yeah. I guess any, you know, we have a majority female audience, yeah. but I'm sure that they have kids that play baseball, right. so how so, could they find the Glove Doctor? Yeah, so on Facebook, I have, I, I think if you type in at Glove Doc, D-O-C, okay. you can find my page. Okay. And, can we uh, link that? Okay. Cool. Yeah, so if their gloves need to be conditioned, or if there is a hole in it, or my best sales rep for the Glove Doctor is dogs. I mean, they chew more oh, laces. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really, you know, uh, if you know, if the dog chews up some laces and you and you know, instead of going to buy a new glove, you may want to check it with me and see if I can fix it for you. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Okay, so now we finish every episode with our okay. guests with um, some FAQs. Okay. And um, by the way, I was thinking, you know, I always say FAQs, five awesome questions, and it reminds me. Does any, did anybody ever watch Rachel Ray? Anybody? Yeah. Like okay. She would say EVOO, extra virgin olive oil. And I'm like, what's the point of saying EVOO if you just say extra virgin olive oil? And that's up. exactly what I do with my five <laughs> awesome questions. All right. Anyway. Okay. So these are really easy. These okay. are easier than Was the... it like rapid fire or something? Or what, what is it? <laughs> We're not timing you or anything, right. Chad. Okay. It's um, very random. Okay. All right. All right. Would you prefer toast or eggs? Eggs. Okay. Do you prefer Apple or the iOS or Android? Apple. Okay. Would you like a big party or a small gathering? Big party. Mm-hmm. Sneakers or sandals? Um, I'm more of a sneaker guy, I guess. Hamburger or taco? Oh, man. That's tough. <laughs> How about a hamburger taco? <laughs> sure. I mean, it's basically ground meat, you know, whatever. So, anyway, so thanks again, Chad. Um, we really appreciate um, you being here, taking time out of your busy schedule. And, uh, feel like I learned a little bit about my cousin that I've known for a long time. Um, we're going to wrap up really quick um, of things that make us happy. Things that make us happy. And so this one will air and I will already be back. But I'm just saying that at this moment in time, really just knowing that I'm going on any sort of vacation. So I'm going to the beach. Patrick and I booked a vacation for the end of September. I don't know. There's something very exciting about no matter where you're going. I feel like, you know, that. I don't feel like we had that last year. Couldn't really go anywhere. We didn't. So that makes me happy. And Maggie, what about you? 
Well, that is exciting because I had the same thing when we were planning our trip, too. It's just fun to be planning a trip again. But um, I had a new perfume that I really like. To tell. It's, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it, the Lan- Lancome. Lancome. Is uh-huh. that how you say it? Mm-hmm. I was actually influenced to buy perfume, which is weird because you can't smell it. But I just trusted this person, and it smells really good. Okay. I don't even know if it's sprayed right there. You have to smell my shirt. I, I <laughs> so, smell it. You know who hasn't been influenced in like a month? You. Me. Because you're off social media. I've probably saved tons of money because I got off of the stories and I had Lainey unfollow all of the Instagram influencers that I followed. So I was like, just do it. Just do it. I so don't, I don't need them there when there. I get back. Because I am like reading books like it's going out of style. So anyway. All right. Thanks again, everyone. We really appreciate all of our loyal listeners. Again, we keep having people reach out to us that say, hey, I look forward to this every week. And um, again, we got another um, guest suggestion sent to our email. So that's louisianaladiespodcast at gmail.com. We have gotten better about checking it or send us a direct message. We love, love, love those guest suggestions. If you want to come on yourself and tell a story, or if you have something that you're passionate about that you want to talk about, um, you know, please, please reach out to us. This is a platform to tell stories, share messages and connect people people, Mm -hmm. really. So anyway, that'll be it for today. Thanks everyone. Mm -hmm.